AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk. Comedians or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. What kind of programs does this school have? How are the test scores? How many kids do a classroom? Homes.com knows these are all things you ask when you're home shopping as a parent. That's why each listing on Homes.com includes extensive reports on local schools, including photos, parent reviews, test scores, student-teacher ratio, school rankings, and more. The information is from multiple trusted sources and curated by Homes.com's dedicated in-house research team. It's also you can make the right decision for your family. Homes.com. We've done your homework. Today's story is about a swami, some pocket change, and how a brave doctor saved an entire country's artwork. It's also about me, your host Anupam Kher. But mostly, it's about making you smile. Welcome to Anupam Kher's Chapter 6, Little White Lies. Today I want to take you back to 4th grade when I attended a little school in Shimla named Lady Irwin Primary School. One afternoon, our teacher informed us that something special was happening the next day. Swami was coming to visit the school to bestow his blessings on us. And while this might sound a little odd in America, in Shimla we were happy to welcome the Swami to school and receive all the blessings we could get. Of course... As she told us about the event, our teacher reminded us that we should have something ready to offer the Swami as a thank you for the darshan. That evening, I told my mother about the big news. She knew just what to do. She hurried to collect some change and brought me five pesos. Basically, the Indian equivalent of five pennies to offer the Swami. Five, as you might know, is an auspicious number. My mother thought, maybe, maybe it will help my bit to secure a more favorable blessing. It was a big maybe. Next day at school, there was lots of excitement as we gathered in the schoolyard waiting for the Swamiji. But once he had arrived and we queued up for our blessings, Ayushman Bhava, I noticed something peculiar. Ayushman Bhava. Not everyone was giving money to the holy man. 
Some, of course, were dutifully thanking him and handing over their coins, but others seemed to be accepting the blessings and... Nothing. If they had money, it stayed in their pockets. What was even more interesting to me was that they were not being punished. Suddenly, I was inspired and a smile slowly worked its way across my face. When you are a kid and you've got a bit of pocket change in your hands, you start thinking about the possibilities. And yes, as I licked my lips, thinking about all the different types of penny candies I could buy with this money, I remember curling my fingers around those coins and gripping them tight. When is the next time I will have five paisa? I asked myself. Maybe these five paisa are my blessing. That day, instead of handing the Swami the money my mother had given me, I chose to spend it on myself. I used two paisa to buy some delicious sweets and then tucked the remaining three paisa into my school bag where no one would find it. Or so I thought. That afternoon started out the way it always did, with my mother asking us to sit and finish our homework. Like any good Indian mother, she liked to keep me and my brother on task. But it wasn't long before I had made an error. As I fumbled through my pockets, looking in vain for my eraser, my mother came over to help. She quickly turned my bag upside down and shook it a few times and before I could react, I watched as those three paisa rolled out. I gulped. The room went silent. She looked at me. I stared back at her. Then we both slowly looked down at the three paisa. Hmm. <laughs> Bittu, where did you get this money from? She demanded. Stammering, I answered. Somebody, somebody must have put it there. Why should anyone put three paisa in your bag? She asked sternly. How would I know? Are you sure? She asked, this time a little more threateningly. I doubled down. Yes, yes. I said with a little more confidence. I don't know who put it there. Then she said calmly, Okay, because you won't tell me, I will have to teach you a lesson. I don't know how it happened so quickly. In an instant, she somehow pulled off all my clothes and kicked me outside. I was literally stark naked. And as the door slammed, locked behind me, the last thing I heard was her yell. When you remember how this money got into your bag, only then you can enter this house again. It's amazing how quickly a nine-year-old's memory can be jogged when he's standing outside naked. As neighbors passed by holding back their laugh, Hello, we too. And the girls on my street openly laughed, pointing their fingers and giggling. I stood over my predicament and debated my choices. If I had known how my mother was going to react, I would have told the truth. But now that I had told a lie, I was committed. I can't tell you how long that day felt. Afternoon slowly settled into evening. The sun eventually went down. 
and my father came back from office he was horrified to find me outside naked as he approached the door he yelled at my mother darwaza mutra open up and let us in but it was evident her anger hadn't diminished from the other side of the door she fired back you want to let him in if that's what you want you can stay outside too my father turned to me bewildered then he said the only way we can solve this problem is if you tell me the real story otherwise we will both be stuck out here all night let's have the truth i bent my head and revealed everything then he asked me but why didn't you tell this to your mother why didn't you tell her that the other kids too didn't give offerings so you spent two paisa because i um, because i i would have got a thrashing i confessed my poor father tried to make my case picture the scene my mother arms akimbo blocking the doorway my father using all his persuasive skills from the other side of the door frame desperately pleading my side and me cowering behind him still very naked it took a while but in the end the angry judge offered us a plea deal my father and i were allowed to slink back into the house on the condition that my mother still had a lesson to teach me her punishment was swift as we filed in the door she plucked a dreaded bichu booty from the ground or a stinging nettle you might call it and in a single motion she slapped it against my naked bottom <laughs> it was a different time now listeners for the next 3 days my bum wasn't just sore it was itchy too and while i dared not scratch it in front of others i was humiliated in that instant i wondered how could my mother do this to her own son why such a harsh punishment for such a tiny sum of money but it wasn't long before i figured it out my mother's point was it doesn't matter how small a lie is the fact is there is no such thing as a small lie my mother is an unfailingly honest woman she wanted to raise an honest son and that's something i work every day to live up to of course there are some times when a little bit of deception can be useful and that is the case with mohammad yusuf asafi a doctor an artist and a hero from afghanistan If you ever seen old photos of Afghanistan you might know the buddhas of Bamyan for 1700 years they stood as one of the country's great cultural sites nestled by the Hindu Kush mountains towering at 170 feet tall they were a thing of beauty and they sparked the imaginations of millennia and then in March 21 Taliban militants placed explosive charges around the two statues and reduced them to piles of rubble. The history of Bamiyan has been destroyed. The remains today of the Bamiyan Buddhas are vacant niches in the mountainside, a symbol of the Taliban's intolerance and brutal repression. The turn of the millennia was a difficult time in Afghanistan. A few years earlier The Taliban had raided the presidential palace, 
killed the former president and taken control of the country's government. One of their first edicts was to impose an old Islamic rule that forbade the depiction of any living thing in a work of art. The Taliban set about destroying ancient and modern artwork that defied this rule. The Bamiyan Buddhas, of course, would become their most notable victim and would be mourned by the world over. The Taliban also burned and slashed hundreds upon hundreds of paintings simply because they depicted something as harmless as a duck or a donkey. It was then that Dr. Muhammad Yusuf Asafi knew he had to take action. Muhammad was a medical doctor and internist working at a hospital in Kabul. But he also moonlighted as one of the country's most well-known and widely respected painters. His works, which depicted traditional Afghani life, had won him favor with some of the most important figures in the old government. In fact, dozens of his pieces hung in Afghanistan's presidential palace. And when the Taliban raided the building, his paintings were among the first to be destroyed. Muhammad had seen a lot of strife in his lifetime. At one point, a missile had torn through his family home while they were still inside. But to Muhammad, the ordeal was nothing compared to the slow destruction of Afghanistan's art. It really affected me psychologically, he would later say. I couldn't cope with it, as he told the New York Times. They were determined to destroy the culture of Afghanistan. So I started to think about what I could do. Thankfully, Muhammad had a devilish little trick up his sleeve. He went to the foreign ministry and told the Taliban official there that he needed to repair some of the paintings. He removed all of the works that contained a living creature in them, grabbed his brush and began dabbing with watercolor paint. Where there used to be a dog, a wheelbarrow emerged. Where there was once a man on a walk, there was suddenly a giant flower pot. Ducks and swans disappeared into the lakes they had been swimming in. Muhammad painted over every living creature he could find. After making his alterations, Muhammad returned the paintings to the foreign ministry. When a skeptical Taliban official asked him what he was up to, he replied that he was merely redecorating. Thankfully, they bought the lie. Those paintings would survive. According to Muhammad, the Taliban never looked at the artwork closely enough to notice the alterations. These people, after all, weren't art lovers. As he later said, they just looked at the pictures and if they saw a living creature, they put it on a list to be destroyed. It was an incredible risk. If he had been caught, Muhammad could have at best lost his license to practice medicine and at the worst, he could have lost his life. But that never stopped him. After painting over every human and animal he could get his hands on at the foreign ministry, Muhammad moved on to Afghanistan's National Gallery of Art. There he took about 80 pieces of art and once again altered them with his watercolor talents. The most amazing thing about this story, though, isn't how Muhammad was able to successfully pull off a literal cover-up. It's the fact that, well, <laughs> watercolor can be wiped off. And when the Taliban's rule ended in the early 2000s, that's exactly what Muhammad did. 
It took the 120 plus paintings that he had painted over and began carefully wiping them down with a wet sponge. Crowds watched in awe as those wheelbarrows turned into dogs. Flower pots became people walking, and empty streams and lakes suddenly revealed swans and ducks. The New York Times put the situation most beautifully. Culture did not cease in Afghanistan during the reign of Taliban. It merely went underground. And Muhammad, well, he did more than just save it. His little white lies helped bring culture back into the light. That's it for today's episode. I'm Anupam Kher. Be kind to yourself, and thank you for listening. Anupam Cares is a production of iHeart Radio. I'm your host Anupam Kher. Our executive producer is Mangesh Hatikudur, senior producer Julian Weller, associate producer Morgan Lavoy. Sound design and mixing by Julian Weller and Dan Bauza. Music by Aaron Kaufman. Production support from Emily Marinoff and Mary Dew. Writing by Lucas Riley, Matt Riddle, Margon Lavoy. and Julian Weller. Lucas Riley and Matt Riddle are our story editors. Thanks to Sikin Paru, Herman De Souza, Godwin Amana, CDM Studios, Connell Byrne and Bob Pittman. Shut Open a limited time 11 month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org/cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org.